Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Welcome to episode 150 of Growth Market Today. Today, we're going to be talking about building relationships uh, through marketing. And today, I have Adam Marks. Now, quality relationships are hard to build and take a lot of time. And because they are hard to build, it's difficult to build many of them at once. Yet, it's one of the most important things for marketers to do. Master the skill and it can lead to lifelong customers and lucrative marketing partnerships. But relationships are like glass castles. They take forever to build and can be smashed. That's where Adam Marks, founder of Zero to One Marketer, comes in. He teaches people how to build influential networks from scratch. In episode 150, you learn first how you can sharpen your relationship building and branding skills. Second, the value and power of mutual value creation. And third, the importance of online communities and strategies across different platforms. Now, before we start, I'd like to thank the sponsor for this episode. These folks help cover the cost of hosting, marketing tools, and everything else so that I can get amazing experts like Adam on this show. Today is brought to you by Partner Stacked. It's G2's number one rated partner management platform. Fully support your partner marketing, referral, and reseller channel programs all from a single platform. Take the admin work out of your workflows and focus on partner success and scale. If you're ready to scale revenue through partnerships, visit get.partnerstack.com forward slash GMT to book a free demo today or find the link in the description right now. Let's jump into my chat with Adam. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Growth Marketing Today podcast. Today I have Adam, he uh, is a zero to one networker, uh, consultant and journalist, uh, and I'm excited to chat with him about how to build relationships. So, so important uh, these days, especially, you know, that's a great way to get your new gig or to get new clients. Adam, how's it going? How are things with you today? Good, good. I'm happy to be here. Well, before we talk about networking, I just want to ask you about your background in music. You said you like going to music, uh, concert shows. I, I play a little bit of guitar myself. I mean, what was the most memorable concert you've been to uh, in the past? You know, it's interesting. I, I had to kind of think about that a little bit. Um, when I was in college, uh, I was doing music journalism, independent journalism, just doing blogging and the college radio show thing. And uh you know, through that, that's how I started learning how to build relationships, you know, do cold emailing and just talk to, to artists and to, and to people. And, um, it really ended up, um, in 2012, I think it was 2012 with press access at the, uh, Atlanta warp tour date, which was pretty, pretty interesting because it was just, I happened to know a group who was playing a, a show here and they said, come out. And I said, well, you know, and they're like, no, 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 just come out. And so the, the most interesting thing was when the show was over and, you know, everyone was going home and I wanted to get an interview, you know, uh, I had, I was with my sister and we had the little armbands and I found myself backstage, you know, everyone's kind of doing like a drum off kind of thing. And I, I was people who were on stage an hour or two prior. I mean, I was so close. I could have like yanked their hair. It was like, Oh, is this really happening? So it was, that was really cool because you realize they're just blowing off steam, having competitions, having fun after doing all the, all the shows. That is crazy. <laughs> crazy. <right? laughs> I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine you, you would have been, got into that that place like is that no 
You know, that that's kind of that was really early on when I had that kind of like light bulb that like people are very accessible. You know, so like for me, mm. like I'm a huge, huge yellow card fan. I know they broke up and whatever, but like I was I was like right next to like the drummer from Yellow Card, sitting like two inches from him, the people from Blood on the Dance Floor, the people from um Pierce the Veil, like all these people who who were well big a few years ago. And um, you know, I, I think that that's for me, where I started realizing that having relationships and talking and networking and being kind of a positive value add uh, in somebody's, um, you know, periphery, there's an immense amount of power that comes along with that. And anybody could do it. I mean, who am I? But like anybody could do that <laughs> with the requisite patience and time. I want to get to, I mean, who's the most, I, I wouldn't say most interesting, but most um you know, like you met this person, whoever that is, it could be a band, it could be like somebody and you're like, what, how did I get here? Like, what are those, <laughs> like, like, can you share a story of like, how the heck am I in this same space? And I can, like you said, right, in the same room and they're almost touchable. I'm sure you have a story like that you can share. I, I do. I do have, have a few. I, I should start out by saying that it's, it, it is fundamentally um, against my nature to to quote quote name drop and because I see mm, people do sure. it in a in a really yeah. negative way, but I'll tell a story that's that I hope will illustrate a very positive yes yeah. um, experience that people could do that could happen to anybody. Um, this is before the pandemic in like September of 2019. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter and uh, I saw this tweet by by this woman. Her name is Kate. Atwood. She's here in, in Atlanta. She's fantastic. But at the time I didn't know her that well, we'd exchanged a couple of messages, but I didn't know her super, super well. Um, and in the tweet, it was like promoting some kind of, uh, event that was coming to Atlanta, kind of like South by Southwest feel, but obviously much smaller. Um, <clears throat> and I looked at it and I thought, wow, I'm trying to get my network here in Atlanta to grow a little bit. This looks like a lot of fun. So I looked at the website and it, it was just without, was outside my budget. I just couldn't do it for, for that year. But I sent her a message, you know, with the link to the tweet. And I said, this looks really great. It's a little outside my budget this year. But once you're done with it, I would love to see if we could talk. Maybe I could create some value. Maybe I could, you know, I would love to be involved at some level and see, you know, how we could, how we could do, you know, a collaboration together. Um, and within 10, 15 minutes, I got a message back and I, I was shocked because her message was like, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of involved in it. You know, maybe she was actually running it. And she said, look, maybe we can find a way for, you know, to, to make it a possibility for you to come out. I, I've seen your content. I like your content. I like the positivity and the messaging and all this kind of stuff. And so I was, I was blown over because it was a two, you know, it was an amazing opportunity. And um, when I went down there, my only goals were to shake her hand and express gratitude, you know, again, before COVID and take a picture, right. For social media. And I find myself <sighs> at the end of the event, um, talking to her and her assistant comes up and says, Hey, we need to kind of, you know, get some stuff finished and, you know, need, needed her to do some, do some stuff. And she said, well, what are you doing now? And I said, well, I'm going home. <laughs> and she said, well, why don't you come to the party and we'll, we'll talk more at the party. So I find myself 40 floors above Atlanta 
in like one of these like penthouse, like in, in a built, you know, in a hotel that's like a nice hotel around all the people who are just on stage. They're all talking and, you know, schmoozing and whatever. And I'm looking around going, I have no idea how this happened. How mm. did this happen? <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, I don't belong here, but I'm never going to let anybody else know that. And through that experience of, of, of being at that event, there was like only one other person tweeting because it was primarily film oriented. So everyone was on Instagram. And I met this, this other person, Allie Merritt, who's, who's um, phenomenal. She's head of community at, at Sales Loft here in Atlanta. Um, which ra- just raised a huge amount of money. And um, she and I started chatting and we started a dialogue. And in February of last year, I had just come come back from Denver. She sends me a message. We get on a Zoom call and she said, hey, look, I'm doing some work with, with Techstars Atlanta. Um, I'm looking for a co-lead on, on this project. Would you like to do a co-lead? You know, kind of, kind of deal. And I said, sure, I'd love an opportunity to work with Techstars. So that's through that. That's how I ended up as as the um, the co co captain of like the fintech, you know, tech track for cool. the Tech Stars Atlanta Startup Week, and all of that came from a tweet. I mean, that's the most really important thing. Is like just it was this waterfall effect, and it could mm-hmm. happen to anybody. I I love that story because <clears throat> I've had similar experiences where you know, like Hidden Shaw uh, is this famous product dude in San Francisco, and he sent out an email a few weeks ago about about trying to do something uh, with their new product, and they, they I, I was I sent him a DM as like, hey, I'd love to help, and then he was like, let's jump on a call. I'm like, I'm talking to Hidden Shaw. What am I doing here? And I just love this attitude. I think it's when you're when when people are asking for help, then they they actually give it to you, and then they uh, they they you know you come across as helpful versus. Uh, coming across as a, a fanboy or a fangirl with a famous person. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I believe it or not, I've had that similar experience with it and Shaw. Um, I was out and I commented on a couple of his, uh, of his tweets and we kind of got into a short uh, DM conversation and we ended up, you know, a week later, just doing a, a quick phone call and chatting about tech and, and startups and marketing and stuff like that. And it just like, it was like, boom, it just happened out of nowhere. And I think that the most magnetic thing to me when I think about networking, which has become such a, uh, such a buzzword, right? I, I think that the most important thing to me is that um, it doesn't have to be like complex. Networking is just about patience. And I say patience, not as somebody who's naturally patient. I had to learn to be patient, but consistent value creation, consistent positivity, um, supporting other people, like 75, 80% of everything that I tweet or post or whatever is supporting somebody else, somebody else's mission that I really believe in somebody else's company doing amazing things or somebody else who's just a phenomenal person. And you'd be staggered at how many doors mm. just that opens. Really fascinating. I mean, you got here. This is like the after, right? This is the after right, snapshot right. like that. <laughs> I want to see the before. Like, you know, when you're working out, there's a before and after. How did you get here? Like, what? what is the... I mean, I feel like sometimes everything adds up and then you're now like, what the heck am I doing in this, in this mansion party? <laughs> but like, what, what was it before? What did you do early on that, that got you to where you're at at that point? 
I mean, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I I still find it really funny that I'm anywhere near tech. You know, I went to school. I went to school. I studied art. I studied art history. Like I'm I'm totally not into like hard STEM subjects. It was never like I'm interested to watch documentaries, but <laughs> I'm not building like microprocessors. And um, I just you know, and the music thing was something I did outside the classroom for my own enjoyment. But that's really where I learned, you know, how to cut my teeth on cold emailing or lukewarm emailing, how to talk to people, how to cultivate long-term conversations, things not to do, you know? So I've had the experience of having um, artists, certain people, because people are people, you know, get a taste of success. And then the ego grows to a massive size. And suddenly, you know, my phone number is no good anymore. My, my email is no good anymore. I've had people who've asked if they could use, I've been featured in press kits. I've had People use my stuff as their official photography, um, just little, you know, iPhone pictures from their shows. But it always reminds me of, of there's this punk adage that is, um, if you forget us on the way up, we'll see you on the way down. And it's don't go out and, and forget the people who were early supporters. And so part of tech and startups that really appeals to me is we're all trying to build amazing things. Right. Don't forget the people who really supported you when it looked like things weren't going to turn out like the Facebook movie. Mm. And, um, you know, the answer to, to your question is uh, I woke up one day and realized, wow, I have a, a ridiculous network. I didn't mm. realize I was doing it as I was doing it. Um, I just love to talk to people. I love to hear stories. I love to be like anyone who's seen Pawn Stars. That's my guilty pleasure. Like where he's like, oh, I got a buddy. Right. He's got a buddy for books and cars and toys and stuff like that. I like being that person. that's like, oh, you have to talk to this person. Mm. I don't know what what you can do together. You just need five minutes right. on the phone with them. Um, and just great opportunities come from that. I, I love that because it's at the end of the day, um, it's about adding value to people's lives. And when you mm -hmm. connect people to other people, that's. You know, hey, hey, Adam, looking for somebody who can do X. And you're like, oh, I know, I know somebody who can do that. So now you look like a hero, right? Like that's, that's, that's it. You, that, uh, just adding value to people's lives and make them see you in a, uh, a friendlier vibe. Is that, is that something you would agree to? I, I, I love that. And I'm of the, and I'm of the opinion, and I'll be the one to say it, that like, look, I'm a nice guy. I like being a nice guy. I don't buy into this crap that like nice guys finish last. I don't buy into this crap that nice people are just inherently not great business people. Um, you can be a nice person. You can also be like, okay, I'm just also not going to negotiate against myself. And, um, you know, I, I think then th there's this, there's this feeling that I have when I see people collaborate that is, it's just, it gives me energy and I love to be involved with as many projects as I can handle. Um, I think that as, as networks expand, just opportunities pop up you never thought about. So I never thought about doing work with tech stars. I never thought about, you know, I've written for Crunchbase. I've never thought about writing for Crunchbase or, or writing for Startup Grind or other opportunities. They just kind of popped up through conversations and it just was a right fit at the right time. But without having had those conversations, uh, the opportunity would never have been there. And I think that one of the biggest misconceptions is that for people on the outside, um, 
they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you're super connected already. Of course, mm. those things would happen. Of course, blah, blah, blah. And I can understand how that would, would be the perception. But it's like, unless you lay the groundwork and you prepare the, 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 the ground in the area for that opportunity to happen, it won't happen. Mm. You have to prepare the foundation. Otherwise, you can't build anything. Right. That makes a, a ton of sense. Preparing that way. I mean, what's your, what would be your advice to the people in the, you said zero to one, like the zero, <laughs> somebody just starting out, maybe they're just fresh out of college or, you know, somebody who was like me before I'm a, a nerdy introvert. I was like, ah, I don't want to talk. To, I don't want to talk to anybody. So I haven't built out that relationships. Like what's, how do you prepare that ground, that groundwork that, that you're saying so that they can set them themselves up for opportunities in the future? I'm so glad you used the word introvert because I, I was just thinking that like one of the biggest, another big misconception is that great networkers are all super extroverted, gregarious people who love to talk and love to be the center of attention. And I, that, that's an absolute uh, misconception because I've seen some of the people in my network who identify as introverted who prefer to be at home watching Netflix, not at the club, um, build and scale and sell $20 million companies, be the face of their podcast, be the face of their company. And I will 100%, like when I do networking consulting, I will 100% work with somebody who is uh, shy or quieter or self-identifies as an introvert. 100% will work with that person before I work with somebody who is arrogant Oh, I have nothing left to learn. My time is worth everything. Your time isn't worth anything. Um, or there are just some people who just genuinely don't like people. They don't want to have the conversations. And I'm not trying to change people, but there's just not much I can do to help that person if they don't want to go out and have conversations. So to the person who is shy or new or you know, feeling like they're starting literally from zero, I built my tech and business network literally from zero. I built my music network literally from zero. My parents don't have anything to do with this. I don't have family friends to do with this. I mean, my parents are lawyers, but they don't know any of the people who I know. They're in a totally different industry. And so when you go out and you just have conversations, you create value, you're consistently part of the dialogue, doing that over and over uh, creates a persona that you're there. And mm. that becomes immensely powerful. Really, really interesting. And so, I mean, you're starting from scratch. Um, how how did you how did you start off uh, uh, getting that original? Like, how do you get the wheels turning? Like, there's that cold start problem, right? Once you have right. a few networks, then <laughs> then you can introduce people to people, and you can add a little bit more value. But let's say uh, somebody who doesn't have, um, you know, doesn't is just starting. I'm sure they. Well, what kind of things can they do to add value to people's um, and and yeah, really start building that that relationships. So, so I'll take like two two particular social networks as examples, right? Let's use Twitter and LinkedIn because those are the two ones that I'm a really heavy user of. Um, on Twitter, Twitter, to be honest, Twitter the chasm between brand new user and power user is is not. It, it's really big. It's not a great experience, um, which I understand. It took me many, many months for me to have the aha moment of, oh, that's what Twitter is for. And what that is, is go out and, and just try to follow some people. If you're brand new, follow some people or some organizations who are working on interesting things. 
who are working on missions that you are are compelled by. Um, and just try to leave comments, try to leave, you know, try to support their mission in some way. I mean, just try to try to sit and, and be part of the dialogue. Sometimes it doesn't mean being the loudest person in the room. There is a massive lucrative strategy to just lurking and learning and observing and absorbing what they're uh, putting out there. And then when the time is right, you kind of go, hey, I have an idea on this or I have a take on this. And that's a great way to um, to just send up a smoke signal that, hey, I exist. Right. Because it's not about getting to the, the center of somebody's universe before you do that. You have to get on their radar. There's a huge difference between you you don't exist at all and you exist on the periphery. Existing on the periphery is way better than not existing at all. Um, like on LinkedIn, you know, I know people on tech poke fun at LinkedIn. I think people who who I think people who sleep on LinkedIn are sleeping on a massive opportunity. Um, that's the possibly a different conversation. But I will tell you that like when I got on LinkedIn, it's because I was super burned out on Twitter for a while. And so I got on LinkedIn talking about things that I didn't feel I could talk about on Twitter at the time. So like, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and talking about anxiety and depression and, you know, that stuff mixed up with the startup stuff and the entrepreneurial stuff. I mean, this, this shit is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, so I started writing about that stuff and people were just like, oh my God, it's not just me. And I was like, no, it's not just you. This stuff is real. It's really hard. Um, but that's like the authenticity that we hear as a buzzword. It's just like, you don't have to go out and create a persona. Just go, go out and say things that are supportive. And, um, you know, that's, I mean, I've networked with some of the top LinkedIn. I have two, two or three friends who each have a quarter million followers on LinkedIn. Wow. And I, and I'll get, they'll answer my text in 10 minutes, but that's because you part of the, part of the community, part of the community mm. that's creating value and trying to help other people. And so like, that's, that's the mission behind all my stuff is to show other people that anybody could do it. When we come back in just a second, we'll learn from Adam exactly the importance of online communities when building relationships and his secrets on how to build those relationships there. I just want to thank the sponsor for this episode. These folks help cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools so I can get amazing experts like Adam on the show. A partner stack G2's top rated partner management platform is the only partnership platform built for SaaS, designed to deliver predictable revenue and accelerate growth for businesses and their partners. Companies like Intercom, Webflow, and Monday.com use partner stack to manage and scale their programs, automating partner onboarding, training, payments, and more to empower their partners' success. The past year alone, partners in the Partner Stack Network have generated over 100 million in revenue for programs on Partner Stack. Fully support your partner marketing referral and reseller channel programs from a single platform. Now take the admin work out of your workflows and focus on partner success and scale by automating partner onboarding, attribution, engagement, payouts, and compliance. Now tap into the only global B2B partner network supporting over half a million partnerships and counting. If you're ready to scale your revenue to partnerships, visit get.partnerstack.com forward slash GMT to book a demo today 
or find the link in the description. Let's jump back in my chat with Adam. I'm curious what kind of things you reply because this is something that I've been thinking a lot about as well is whenever somebody famous uh, posts up something on Twitter or LinkedIn, usually it's people responding, I agree, this is nice. And one of the things I've been thinking about is, hey, here are other things you can do. Ask a question, ask a follow-up question put up a quote right say oh i love this this is a quote from somebody else it's that instead of like saying just nice uh i agree bro but like <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of things do you think about with that like you're uh just to get that things going uh what, what, what do you have any ideas about replying to big trend <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna share one of my biggest secrets and it's gonna shock everybody okay is you ready for this i have built a stupid network on the back of friends clips and family guy gifts and boy meets world references, because that's my sense of humor. I, I, it's just how my mind works. I just remember like quotes from movies and quotes from TV shows and you can find anything on YouTube. And so if you go back and you look at like the 60 plus thousand tweets that I've put out, which is a ridiculous number, I guarantee half of them at least are clips from YouTube. You know, clips of Goodfellas, clips of Boy Meets World, clips of of Psych and, uh, you know, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And like, because that is a way that I express my humor. And um, I genuinely think that people like to laugh. So that when I put those things out there, of course, it's like, look for the right time. But um, if you can make somebody laugh, they'll remember you. and. It, you don't have to spend your time coming up with some earth shattering realization about an economic market. You could just be yeah. like, Oh, you know what? There's, there's a friend's gift for that. Right. You know, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good one. I, this is I a love good one, right? <laughs> yeah. Pivot. <laughs> pivot. Or, uh, with Seinfeld with the uh, soup Nazi or, oh, or yeah. like, there's a uh, really, really I mean, that, that's getting into the field of, of content now. I mean, a, a lot of like, let's talk about content that you post up on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, and by yeah, the way, yeah. uh, it's unfortunate we're not connected on LinkedIn. I just requested <laughs> to connect, but yeah, like what, what, like usually let's talk about LinkedIn first and we'll go to Twitter, but LinkedIn, usually we see people, um, Congrats, I got a new job. Right, right. <laughs> Congrats, I just raised money. Uh, and uh, I'm hiring something. And obviously, when you put something up, like a friend's gift or something like that, it, it's, it sticks out. So what kind of other content do you post up on LinkedIn that, that you know, you're building up that persona or that, um, that aura that people want to actually connect with you, that you're a friendly guy that people should get to know? So... So I do consulting on LinkedIn as well, but I'll drop a couple of my my secrets here. And this is why I think that people on Twitter shouldn't sleep on LinkedIn is because there are ways to build an amazing network with a whole different demographic of very, very connected people, you know, um, particularly for people in tech and marketing and and content. Like there's an amazing group of people on LinkedIn who are doing that stuff. They just happen not to be primarily on Twitter. Um, here's what works on LinkedIn. Here are two major, major things that work on LinkedIn comments. You have to, you have to answer every single comment that, mm. that is on one, any of your, of your posts. And you got to answer with something more than like, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Happy face. Like <laughs> take the requisite, like three seconds to be like, to be like, you know, hey, I really, really appreciated your feedback. Is there anything else 
in this that you found really specifically helpful or that you'd like to hear about? Like write a sentence. It doesn't take any effort to write a sentence, but it changes because LinkedIn is one in the comments. Bar none. It's one in the comments. I've gotten viral on LinkedIn numerous times. I mean, last year I did like 12 to 15 different posts and I racked up like a total of 1.6, 1.7 million views. And it was crazy. LinkedIn is one in the comments. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, when you open a connection request and it, and it gives you the option to write a note, why, why does everyone on Twitter make fun of LinkedIn? Because it's like, please add me to your LinkedIn network. And they're like, leave me alone. But if you, if you right. take that, that little note feature and you say, hey, right. you know, hey, yeah. Jen, I saw your post on this. I really loved right. your, your 10 tips for marketing. Mm. I'd love to hear yeah. more. Could we connect? Right. I, I'm, I'll connect with something like that. You know, if you tell me, if you indicate to me, you've read some of my content, you like my content and you're genuinely a nice person um, or you seem like a nice person, then yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a, uh, you know, a chance on you. I, I love that. Um, the other thing that I, uh, yeah, I do that. All, the problem is, is bots. I swear like LinkedIn yes. where like, uh, yes. hi. And then what I've done is put uh, uh, an emoji at the front of my name and I've gotten a ton of, Hey, lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I want to connect with you. That, but I'm going to have wanna, to try that. Yeah, I want to connect with you. Please. Uh, <laughs> it looks like we're in the same industry, lightning bolt. I'm like, obviously you're using a bot or like there's a massive space there. Yeah. And just like uh, the one of the best LinkedIn like, requests I've gotten is uh, from Stuart Hillhouse. Like he's also a marketer. It's like, we both have yellow background in our, our image. It's like, oh, I, people with uh, yellow backgrounds in their LinkedIn image is cooler. And then we should connect because we're in marketing. <laughs> so, I mean, you're totally, totally right there. I mean, that's really fascinating. So, so things, it's one in the comments. How about when you start like posting up stuff? Like what, what do you have any suggestions, any secrets around like what kind of content to oh, post up? So on... On LinkedIn, I like I said, I have a lot of friends who are influencers who will write. You know, there's there's a pecking order, right? To because uh, they 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 try to keep up with how the LinkedIn algorithm changes and and it and it changes. And I don't try to keep up with that because you can't keep up with that. But th they do, and that's okay. And they try to provide value to their followers by saying, "Try doing this instead of doing this, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And always down at the very bottom of the pecking order is sharing. Because for some reason, the LinkedIn algorithm dings you when you share somebody else's piece of content. Um, I decided last summer to run a, um, an experiment because that's how I built most of my Twitter network was by sharing and retweeting and saying, this is a great post from this person. This is a great thing that this company is working on and just tagging them, right? And that works really well on Twitter. And I didn't think about running this experiment until I... I was trying to put out, you know, content every day just for myself, for my own productivity. I didn't have anything good to post one day. And so I looked, somebody had put out a post of great marketing tips, a friend of mine. I said, well, these are really cool. So I shared the post and I was like, I really like tips one, two, and seven, right? And I credited my friends at the very top and I just put it up and I didn't think about it. And I checked back two days later and sent 50,000 views. And it's like, what is going, what, what is going on here? So I tried it again. 
Next one did 35,000, 40,000 views. And so I tried to see, okay, share, write credit, writing a little piece of what value I found out of it, throw in a few hashtags and just let it go. What'll happen? And I saw 50,000, 100,000, 120,000, 200,000, 500,000. I was like, what? What is going on here? I actually wrote one of the articles toward the end of last year was about that experiment. So does it work 100% of the time? Is it a silver bullet? Of course not. You know, do I walk around telling people I can get them to 200,000K? 200,000K, 200K? Um, no, I don't. But it is a great way to indicate to that one person that you're sharing, hey, I read your piece of content. I found value in it. Mm. I want to share it into my network. If it does 40K, that's good. But that's not the goal. The goal mm. is to talk to that person and send them a, a signal that you would like to provide value in their network at some point. Mm. That's that. how you get in front of that person. I love that. That's a really, really great point. Um Great tips on on LinkedIn. I want to switch over to Twitter yeah. and see uh, see what work what works. What's your secrets there? <laughs> what is your secret power? Like what what would you suggest around like Twitter? Uh, and you mentioned you there was a burnout moment there. I'm curious about that as well. But let's talk first about secrets uh, on Twitter to get um, so, you know, build a relationship. <laughs> I'm going to answer that question with a with a funny little story. So the event that I mentioned a little while back, the the one where I was. Um, Back in 2019 at that event, um, I actually ended up winning a, a Roku for tweeting. Oh, I, and, and I was as shocked as anybody else. Um, I, if you look at the pictures of me accepting it, I'm like really sheepish. Um, there, the interesting experience that came from that and the reason that I, I share that is because when I came down and I'm going to this party, like there are a bunch of people who are like, What's your Twitter strategy? How many tweets per minute? How'd you do this? Like, and I was like, I don't have the heart to tell all of you. Like, there is no strategy. Okay. In, in, in that context, I just was tweeting things that I thought were interesting. So I was watching a uh, presentation about female directors and how to bring more women into film. That was interesting. And I, and I was like just tweeting comments from, from the uh, panelists and trying to, uh, to tag them if they had Twitter accounts. I was tweeting, you know, other articles like, hey, this might be interesting for these people to uh, to check out. Like it, the strategy was more just like, hey, I want to be in the conversation. I'm not trying to win something. I'm not trying to go viral. If it happens like that's cool. But I'm trying to just get my voice out there and build my brand as something positive that other people want to hear more of. That's my Twitter strategy. Um, you know, I, I think that that's the easiest thing to do for anybody. You could just go out there and and just try to support other people. That isn't hard to say, this is a really, really interesting mission. We should be focusing more on it. Um, the burnout thing is, uh, well, has <laughs> I, I guess I've become much more vocal talking about it. Um, I, I closed my first startup in 2017. Uh, I went through some life changes in mid 2017 and, and I was just burned. I mean, I was just, I was just exhausted. I was burned out. Closing a startup is, is, is beyond hard. It's beyond disappointing. Um, 
and I was actually, I left Atlanta for a couple of weeks. I, I went and saw friends in California. I went and saw friends in Chicago. I mean, like college friends, not like startup friends. And um, <clears throat> I was in Chicago when I was introduced to, uh, to a person who's now a, LinkedIn, a major LinkedIn influencer. He's got like 250,000, 270,000 followers. And he's a good friend of mine. At the time, he was at like 30, 40,000 followers. And he's like, you need to get on LinkedIn there's interesting stuff going on on LinkedIn. And my initial reaction was <laughs> LinkedIn, right? Okay. Um, but I decided to, to look at the platform and see who is hanging out there and what are they talking about? And so I, that's where I started feeling more comfortable talking about mental health, talking about living with you know, anxiety and depression and, and how to approach these things in a positive way. So we don't pretend that they're not part of life. They are part of life. And the only way to, to get you know, into a better headspace is to acknowledge that living with those things or, or other things doesn't make you unfundable, doesn't make you not a good founder, doesn't mean you couldn't hack it. It makes you human. And so that to me was like a cathartic breath of fresh air. I, I really, really love that. Um, just taking a break even... I mean, let's talk about mental health. I know it is yeah, really let's, interesting. Let's, let's, no, let's talk about it. What's fascinating is on LinkedIn, <laughs> even on Twitter, right? Often, often what you see are the highlights of people. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but there's certain points where like I need to uh, pull away from from Twitter or LinkedIn or especially Instagram, where like you see <laughs> <Yeah>. people <laughs> at their best and you're like, man, my life is shit <laughs> compared to that compared to like oh, look, look at joe, uh, joe I, and i know i shouldn't be comparing but there's that natural tendency it's, for people yeah, to compare so i i'm curious around what tips you have for people like do you take uh do you take uh what is that breaks or a fast from from social media at some point and what other tips do you have for for people who, who who are active on social media um yeah when I, so when I close, so I'm a writer, I love to write. Um, one of the most, one of the pieces I'm still most proud of is um, a piece called There's Life After Failure. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's a piece I wrote in the aftermath of close during the process of closing my company and then the aftermath. And um, it's kind of split into two parts. Like if you read it, you're like, there's part one and there's part two. And the first part is like, I got tired of reading all the post-mortem medium posts from, from startup founders talking about, oh, they're closing a company, but they're so grateful and just, and, and, and we're so happy and we're on to the next thing. And like, it's good that you're, that you're happy and you're doing new things and you're thanking your customers. Like that's really good. I'm not criticizing that, but don't gloss over the hard parts. This whole fail fast mentality where it's like, oh, just get as many notches on your belt as you possibly can, as, as quickly as you possibly can. Like, first of all, tech startups aren't even unique in that. Okay. The whole, you need to be a 22 year old founder raising $40 million. Like for like, like, please. Okay. I came from the music startup world where it's like, if you, the, I'm sorry, the music world where if you didn't have three or four albums out by the time you were 21, like, what are you doing with your life? You know? So like the, it's not even unique to startups and you know, most, most very successful entrepreneurs and founders, like they're in their forties or they're in their fifties. 
because they've taken time, they've learned things, they've built networks, they've built re uh, reputations and relationships. And so I just got tired. I wanted to, I wrote the piece I wanted to read, which was, I'll live through this, but this is really, really hard. And it's really painful and it's really disappointing. And it's okay because there will be other things. Okay. And, and there, and there have been other things since then, but you have to work through that. And so that was at a time it was, it, it was at a time that it seemed like it was before it was okay to talk about those things. Right. Cause if you talked about this I mean, you couldn't hack it, you were a entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur kind of a thing. And it's just like, that's, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. Okay. That's, that's just bullshit. And, um, if you can't talk about it, like I had, I did have friends who are still close friends of mine who are like, we don't, don't talk about this because it'll make you radioactive. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you won't be able to get into certain accelerators or you won't get funding from certain people. And they were telling me this, not because they wanted me to not get better. They didn't want me to become radioactive. And I was like, that's exactly the problem. Because this, this shit is hard. Mm, and yeah. if there is an investor out there who won't fund me because I'm human, that's okay. That's okay. You right. can take your money somewhere else. I would never work with that person anyway. There are tons of other people who I will work with better. And I think that as we've now become much more open to talking about mental health, this whole like code until you can't see straight, sleep is for the weak, you know, mm. th that's, that's just bullshit. Right. Um, mental health is important to running a really good company and a really good, like, you know, culture and organization. That's such a good point. Um, you're, you're totally right there. I think, um, the whole hustle culture where like, uh, <laughs> just hustle, hustle, <laughs> uh, get shit done. Uh, culture is like, yeah, it is, uh, destructive. It's what I'm hearing. It's, um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you should put in hard work. Obviously, I'm not saying you should right, be lazy. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. But there's also a point of like, hey, man, take a break, take a or, take a walk. Yeah, or ask. You know, like asking for help is okay. Mm, asking for help is that. really. People talk about like, oh, you know, we should always ask for help. And then when you ask for help, they're like, why didn't you know? Like, well, right. you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. I didn't ask for help for a long time because I felt that it would send a signal to people. That like, oh, they'll never want to write an article on my company. They'll never want to fund me. They'll never want to introduce me to people. And that was a mentality that I had to disassociate from because it wasn't, it wasn't true. When I finally started opening up to people and asking for help, it was, oh, yeah, of course we would love to help you. Of course we'll help you. You've created value for us. How can I help? And that creates such a feeling of of accomplishment, because even though you may not have accomplished what you want to yet in business, in your startup, in that part of your trajectory, you are able to see, hey, I have built amazing relationships. And, and there is immense, immense value in that. And that's important to, to recognize. I really, really love that. I want to start wrapping up. And we yeah, talked a yeah. lot about different things right now. But if you can share, if you can share one or two pieces of advice to people who uh, are looking to you know network or build a relationship, or they want to build uh, their their persona or or their their circle of, of trust or friends online, what would be that one or two secrets or, or tips that you would give uh, to to people who are listening in right now? Boy, you know there 
there are a lot, but I, I would say two of the two of the biggest things that I see very consistently um, when I do consulting are there. It's there's there's one thing that I call uh, in my head. I think of it as like the belief mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Which sounds like something you'd hear on a late night infomercial, but um, in order to go out and believe and, and, and create connections with people that you want to create them with, whether they're investors, customers, partnership opportunities, I, I mean, just whoever, you have to believe that it can be done because you have to go out and have those conversations. If you project the feeling of, oh, well, this is not going to go anywhere anyway, so what's the point? Right. You're, you're at, at worst you're not going to have the conversation at all. And at best, you're going to project a very negative vibe. So you need to go out and just feel you got to re it's a lot of reframing in the mind that, Hey, you know, one conversation at a time, one building block at a time and great things can come from that. And the, the second thing is, and this is especially true for like startup people. Whenever you think you need to start networking, you need to start networking at least six months before that. Uh, that, that there's that there's just no other way to say it. Focus on ten months, not two weeks. This isn't going to happen in a week where it's like, boom! Now I have access. Now I am totally connected. What will happen is, you know, when I do consulting, I never tell people, "Hey, I'm the guy that'll get you to fifty x," because you could buy fifty thousand followers. I'm the person who's going to teach you the the strategies so that in a year. 10 months to a year, you're going to look at the opportunities on your table and go, wow, there's a lot here that, that wasn't here last year. That's, that's my, my mantra and, and what I love um, helping people with. I really love that. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I'm with you there. I mean, consistency is super key when you're building this out. Like I, it took me, I've been podcasting for four years now and it took about two years for it to pick up. And same thing with, with Twitter. It's like I've been posting <laughs> out more often. It took, oh, how did you get to that many? Like like with Corey Haynes or other people who are built up, they, it took them consistently doing this. And I, I really, really love that, that thing that you shared. I mean, just one final question. Where can people yeah. find out more about you uh, and how... <laughs> And if they want to follow you on Twitter or LinkedIn, and especially for LinkedIn, how, how, how would they send a request so that you actually accept <laughs> so that? <don't> ignore them? <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn, actually, both at, at, at AdamMarks13. Um, also on Twitter, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of this uh, networking stuff at, at Zero to One Network. Um, it's probably the same. I'm trying to get a little bit into TikTok and Instagram, but I'm, I, I, th- those aren't really my fortes just yet. Um, and if somebody wants to like reach out and talk more about networking, I am always game to talk about networking and relationships and how to, how to do this kind of stuff. Um, and just tweet me, just like, you know, drop a comment or, or, uh, drop a comment on one of my LinkedIn posts and say, Hey, this was really interesting. I'd love to hear more. Like chances mm-hmm. are, if you drop a comment and it's, and it's fairly positive, <laughs> chances are we'll connect. Like I love to build <laughs> networks. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Adam. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Cheers. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in until the very end. I hope you could learn a lot from this. Now, before we end, I just want to thank the sponsor again of this episode. This folks help cover the cost of hosting, marketing tools, and everything else to get amazing experts like Adam on the show. Today is brought to you by Partner Stacking. 
It's G2's number one rated partner management platform. Fully support your partner marketing, referral, and reseller channel programs all from a single platform. Take the admin work out of your workflows and focus on partner success and scale. If you're ready to scale revenue to partnerships, visit get.partnerstack.com forward slash GMT to book a free demo today or find the link in the description right now. If you'd like to support the show, you've been getting a ton of value from it. There's three easy ways. First of all, subscribe if you haven't already done so and tell a friend about the show. This is how most shows grow is through word of mouth. Second, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you're not using Apple Podcasts, 70 to 80% of the show's listeners are from there and leaving a review helps more people get to know about the show. And third, you can subscribe to the mailing list at growthtoday.fm where I share updates about my life, but I also share updates about this podcast so you don't miss out. Well, that's it for this episode. This is your host, Family John. Keep safe and as always, keep on growing. Passion.